Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. You know the place where you are, Girl Club. The place where real girls have real talk about real issues while seeking to apply real faith and walk in real faith and keep the real faith as we deal with everything else that our lives uh, throw at us, basically. So we've been having a conversation in which we've been looking to celebrate you know, celebrate our first love, celebrate our faith. Think about what connected us to God in the first place, you know, because in staying in that place of deep love and communion, it really helps to stay in a place of identity and victory because we get assaulted daily by numerous things. And so in this conversation, uh, in studio this morning, I have joined me your Girl Club regulars, co-hosts, my sisters in Christ, and two insanely talented singer-songwriters. And I know you never really get that from them here. I don't know. Maybe if you write in, you could get them to sing sometimes here on Girl Club. But uh, both Nova Page and Christina Reynolds are just incredible teachers and pastors, evangelists, women of God, mothers wives um and they're just they're two young women that i get to do life with and i'll tell you i did not want to get out of bed i have the uh beginning of the week blues and um it's usually the fact that i know that right here on girl club with nova and christina um and any of the other tribe who's not here today and with all of you i usually know that um whatever funk i'm in is going to get worked out because God's hand is in this. And um, so guys, hello. <laughs> Welcome in studio today. Good How morning. <laughs> yeah, good morning. Uh, uh, let, let's kind of say good morning to everyone as they join in. Uh, we've got, hi, Miche. We have greetings from the UK and all over the world this morning as usual. Hello, Margaret. Nice to see you. 
So for those of you listening on podcasts, we're also streaming and on live stream, you get to interact with us. Hi, Suzanne. Nice to see you, Susanna. And uh, we are, Susanna, hi. I just realized who that was. Adrian, good morning. And um, Jahara, good morning. It's nice to see you back, Jahara. Um, boy, this is great, you guys. I love when we take five seconds to say hello because now I'm starting to see that there are people I know who are chiming in also. So um, thanks for joining us. And uh, hopefully this week's conversation will be as powerful as the rest. You guys, I'm gonna just start by, by um, kind of jumping in to where we left off in these sort of, how do we stay connected to our first love um, how do we not be like the church at Ephesus, which we are warned about in Revelation, when we are told that, uh, you know, some of us have lost their first love. As a matter of fact, I'll just read it. In the second chapter of Revelation, Jesus addresses the church of Ephesus, and he congratulates them for their discernment with leaders and the way they've endured hardships. Okay, so we can all relate to that, right? We've had some discernment with leaders. We've endured some hardships. But then he goes on to say these words, and this is what actually terrifies me because I don't want to be in this category. Yet I hold this against you, for you have forsaken the love you had at first. And that is just a comment on the real danger of falling out of love with Jesus, you know, getting so distracted with the world or with the things that you want to happen in your life that you're no longer actually focusing on the one who makes the things happen, right? On the faith that actually is alive in Israel and gets us through. And the sixth, you know, we, we, we sort of went through the first kind of five points and things you can do to fight this. And Anna, I'm not sure if you're able to run them on the screen in the control room, but um, we went through the first five being, you know, surrounding yourself with others who love Jesus. That's kind of a no-brainer. This is what we do here every week when we get together. Commit to consistent Bible reading. Well, that's a no-brainer, but it's a lot harder one to follow because sometimes I myself get inconsistent. And then what happens is I find myself struggling in ways with attack that I allow to happen because I've been inconsistent. So can't miss a day. Literally, I can't miss a day. You know, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, we can, you know, he went on and told us that apart from him, we can't do anything good. So he's warned us, you know, time after time about needing to stay connected to the source of our life and uh, pray without ceasing. And we talked a lot about walking through your day and remembering that prayer is an informal conversation that you have with your heavenly father. Just talk to him, tell him. If you're in the grocery store, you can talk to him. If you're driving down the street, you can talk to him. I try to take him everywhere in everything that I do. And when I don't, I'm in wherever I am alone. And I don't wanna be alone. I wanna be with him. Remember his presence. That was a big one because a lot of times we forget that he's actually with us, that the Holy Spirit lives in us and that we're moving and doing and being like scripture says in him, I live and move and have my being. Well, that's with him. 
Our very being is supposed to be with him. And when you take time to remember that, it just resets your entire day, your moment that you're in. So I even mentioned that sometimes I, um, and I'm getting ready to do it again. I set an alarm on my iPhone that'll go off every hour. And so every hour on the hour, I just take two minutes to stop and say, okay, God, I know you're with me. Holy Spirit, I know you're with me. I know you have this moment. I know you're guiding my footsteps. Lead me where you want me to go. Take care of what I'm feeling inside because I'm feeling off or I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes feelings and emotions are just there trying to steal your day and get you walking with them instead of walking with the presence of God, who is the God over our feelings and emotions. I am preaching to myself this morning. Um, finding ways to serve others was another one. That always helps me. When I'm in a pity party, and I have been in one for a couple of days, I make myself appreciate getting to do this podcast and spend this time with all of you. Because serving you reminds me of who I am in Christ and strengthens me as I seek to strengthen you in who you are in Christ. Identity is so under attack today. I mean, it's just crazy how under attack it is. And it's easy for us to dismiss the people who are like the most obviously attacked because maybe their lifestyle looks different than ours or their identity looks really crazy. And ours looks normal on the outside, even if it's really crazy on the inside. We're going to kind of have a little bit of chat about that in a minute. But it is really interesting that today's point sort of picked up in taking time to be quiet. And I was looking at my notes and I, and I just laughed, right? Because like what's written here in this study is our senses are under constant assault all day long. Constant. We live in a noisy, noisy world that distracts us stresses us out and fills us with anxiety. I had a weekend that distracted me from what I'm supposed to be doing for the Lord and myself. It stressed me out beyond belief. There's a couple things going on that are stressing me out beyond belief. And it, those things have filled me with anxiety, with fear, doubt, worry, anxiety. Now, think for a moment about the last time you spent any prolonged period of time unplugged and enjoyed simple silence. How long ago was that? How long did it last? Well, we weren't created to be stimulated constantly. And if we truly want to connect with Jesus, we'll need to make the choice to let the troubled waters in our hearts and minds come to a rest. So we need to take scripture seriously when it tells us to be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 4610, for those of you listening, is a really powerful one to just sit with today. And you know what, you guys, I often get crazy, like everyone does, by some of the things that are going on in the world today. And it's really interesting because I was, I posted something on Instagram this morning, and it was a photo that someone shared with me, actually, of of 
men in drag and, and what have you at a pride parade in New York City. But the thing that was really disturbing is they're carrying a, a rainbow flag banner and on it is written the words, I, lo I love Satan with a heart and um, or Satan loves me. Satan loves me. I think that's what it I think that's what it was. And I and I should have told you to cue it up so we could we could show it a, a photo of it. And if you do get it queued up, just flash it up here. But anyway, though, you guys may have seen it. I don't know if you did, but it was really shocking because at first I thought. At first, I didn't know I was first I was angry. Then fear popped in for a minute, then confusion and doubt then sadness. And then Jesus. And when the voice of God popped in, I finally decided that I could write a post addressing it that was actually a post that might help explain something instead of just join the cacophony of voices, either attacking, uh, attacking these pride parades or affirming these pride parades because I'm not interested in affirming these pride parades and I'm not interested in attacking them either because all I'm interested in God is in God's point of view on all of it. And he has a point of view on all of it. And so basically, you know, I, I was, I was kind of saying like, look, I mean, what we're looking at is deception. We're looking at people that need our prayers. Cause like those of us who are Christians, if we really, have the spirit of Christ in us, the fruit of the spirit, then we know that we need to pray for these lost souls because they are deceived in a really horrible way. And if they're not deceived, then they're in willful rebellion. And we know that there, there's a hell. We know and believe that there's a God who created all of us, them also. And to me, it's just sad and tragic to think or to be so deceived that you think that Satan loves you when he doesn't, he doesn't love them. And that's what broke my heart. Cause I'm looking at God's children going, but he doesn't love you. He's deceiving you and tricking you and mocking you and making you walk through the streets of New York city dressed in a way that is causing people to scream at you and yell at you. And, 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 and then there, some of them were chanting, you know, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children, which of course is the big fear of the right. And I think it's a big fear of any middle ground person, right or left. So I would say most normal people are centrist. So it's a big fear. It's a fear because what are you coming for our children for, right? Like, what are you gonna do? Now, I don't have fear because the reality is that Satan can come all day long for us. He comes all day long for us, right? I mean, he comes all day long for us. He comes for our children. He comes for our families. He comes for our identities. He comes for our money, our provision, our status, our standing, our, our careers. He comes for us. That's what he does. He deceives. And in that deception, he's coming for you. He wants to rob you, steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. And so I'm looking at these people and I'm thinking, I feel so bad for you because you don't understand that Satan does not love you. He's destroying your life. He's causing you to display yourself in a way and to say things 
about going after other people's children when if those people are filled with the knowledge of Christ and the Holy Spirit, Satan can come all day long, but he can't have my kids. He can't have my house. He can't have my life. He can't steal from me. He can try, but ultimately he only gets a victory if I give him a victory. And I'm not giving him a victory, which is why I'm down here at this microphone with you guys this morning, because I'm not gonna make room to give him a victory in my life. And I get support here and clear here and fellowship here with other people that not just think the same way about the Bible, guys. I am a Bible-based believer. I believe in the unadulterated word of Christ. But one of the things I wrote is that too many Christians don't speak the truth in love. They either speak the truth without the love or they speak the love without the truth. And neither one of those is correct because we live in a world that needs both. We've gotta be speaking both. And so I was trying in this post to really speak both, the truth in love. We're looking at people who need prayer because hell is a very real place. And if we say that we know God, there it is, Satan loves. An even bigger statement, right? Satan loves. Satan loves who? You, them, us? That's a lie. Satan doesn't love anyone. You know, and I and I and I have often said it, but I realize the real seriousness of of the rainbow flag, right? The rainbow is a, a an affirmation and a symbol of God's covenant with us to never destroy the world again by flood. I have actually met Christians who did not know that. They did not know that. Come on, like that's how does that happen? That's crazy. And so in knowing who we are in Christ, then we understand the truth that's in us and we can deliver that truth to a hurting world and a confused world and a broken world that's being made to look as a laughingstock for everyone watching, right? And then some people join in sympathizing and I know what that is. A lot of that is good people wanting to show love and support. I get that. I get that. Because we, but love and support of what? That's what you have to ask yourself. And how would God show love and support? That's what you have to ask yourself. What would Jesus really do if he were here today? And that is my question. What would he do? You know, how would he literally handle all of this when he sat there and took the time to be quiet, to be still and know who his father in heaven was and know that his father in heaven never loses. God alone will be exalted among the nations and in the earth, period. So that's kind of where I wanted to toss it over to you guys today <laughs> and sort of looking at all of this, like what would Jesus do? We know he would have gone away and been silent and taken time to pray. And then what? Well, something that's, you know, all throughout the gospels that we see with Jesus is that he 
is drawn to the broken and those who are in, in need. Um, I mean, the people that like he went and sought out and became friends with and ate with and spoke to were those who were rejected by society even, um, which I mean, back then was a little bit different because they were so like um, the religious order was like the government, the religious order was like the, you know, the people in authority, but something that I'm always struck, struck by in reading the gospels and also through like watching, you know, the, um, the chosen, I don't know if any of you guys have watched the chosen at all, but um, this guy named Dallas Jenkins, he like did this, he's produced such a beautiful um, series. I think they're on like, I think they're working on season four now, but about Jesus and the gospels. And it's just so, it's so biblical, but it takes on also just, like beautiful, like representations of like different things in the Bible that like, you know, it's, it's someone's perspective on filling in the gaps in the stories, but something that's very prevalent and just a consistent theme is how um, he's consistently opposing the religious hypocrisy and the religious, um, um, what do you say? I don't know. What do you say? Hypocrisy or just re- religiosity? And he's yeah. actually, and he's not necessarily condemning sin, but he's 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 showing he's drawing people out of sin. What he's actually condemning is hypocrisy and that twisted use of power in the name of God or pride. Um, so I don't know. It's a I, we do live in a different time now for sure, and the way that he came then is different than how he'll come the second time. Um, but I do know that. I don't know. I feel like he would rub a lot of Christians around because he'd probably be at, be at that parade talking to so many people and like with yeah. his presence and his insight and his, his, and emanating what true love is. I, I believe that he would be, I believe that he would be encountering people with what real love is, but it isn't going to, I don't know. Like I sometimes think, would he be in our churches? Like, would he come and want to visit, visit most of our churches or would he be on the street, like, like with the prostitutes? He was with the prostitutes. He was with the tax yeah. collectors, which were the most hated people of all of Israel. Yeah. So it's like, I think it even just makes me have to like re- reframe like my own self to go. I w- if he comes, I want him to come to my house. I want him to yeah. visit me and be like, hey, girl, or like, <laughs> you know, hey, friend. Um, and I also want to. And I also want to be aligned with his heart, no matter what, no matter what his method is. Cause I'm pretty sure that like, like, like I'm pretty sure that I would not be surprised if I were to be offended in the way that he would come and he would reveal himself to people. You yeah. know, does that make sense? I mean, so, it makes, it makes total sense. I, I think he would have to come to both. I do. I mean, because I think he would have a message for his kids. And I think he would have a message for his other kids who are outside of the church, you know? Um, And I think that message would be the same, you know? Um, It's not loving to, to run around saying we're coming for your children. Like we all know what that means, you know? And, and we all know what the divide is about today, today, you know, nobody, this indoctrination with the LGBTQ trans agenda is something that has the right just flipped out and a lot in the in the in the middle you know in the middle left because you know there are kids nobody like don't come for my kid with anything that's not the only agenda if you want to walk down the street heterosexually having sex talking about i'm coming for your kid to explain your 
to your kid what heterosex looks like or what, you know, like whatever. Like, no, it's my kid. I pushed him through my inner, my nether world, you know, my inner regions for 14 hours and birth this child. I get to teach my child what I want him to be taught, period. And so I think that's where it's like, why are you making statements? Like both sides make statements to inflame the other and create a growing, the, 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 the growing chasm. Well, that's not even, I don't think both sides are intelligent enough to realize they're playing right into Satan's game. Not because he loves any of us, because he hates us all. So I, I don't know, Nova, what, I mean, would, he, would Jesus come back with the same message for the church and for those outside of the church? Or would it be different? Would he avoid one and go to the other? What do you think? Well, if I'm kind of like pulling us back to where we started this conversation in, you know, taking the time for um, silence, solitude, silence, um, taking that time to be quiet. I think we have to look at what did, what did that do for Jesus when he was quiet and what can it essentially do for us? And so I think um, what quietness does is it brings connection to the father for Jesus. It bring, it brought connection to the father for us. It brings connection to the Trinity, to the father and the son and the Holy spirit. So it gives us clarity. Um, it refreshes us. And I think finally it helps us ask the right questions. So I think when we are in places and spaces with people, like for instance, if we went to that pride parade as intercessors, we pray perhaps before we take that time first for solitude and silence to bring clarity so that when we're there, we can look into people's eyes and ask the right questions, not demand answers of why are you doing this? Um, but we get to know the people. And very often underneath the layers, when we spend time in solitude and silence, we can see beyond the noise and we can look to the heart of the person who often bears very gaping sores. And um, there's there's um, like wounds that are are really gaping open and they're gushing. And and so I think our our questions have to become different. And I think oh. what solitude and silence does, it gives us clarity to see people um, yeah. like Jesus would see them. And I, and I don't even mean to oversimplify it, but I, I know when I am listening to all the noise and getting amped up on social media and I'm getting really angry, it does not bring me clarity. It causes me mm -hmm. confusion. Right. And so for me yeah. to take time with the Lord and be silent as a regular spiritual discipline, um, it brings peace to my heart and soul. And that peace um, I can give when I'm aligned with Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I want to jump on that because yeah. Thank you, Noah, for bringing back to so like good. The, the solitude with, with Christ. And, and for me, I've, I've noticed even there are times where I'm like, you know, usually you're like, Hey, I got my worship music. It's playing. I got this. Like you have all your things to have your good, like quiet time with the Lord. And I've even been finding myself like, I don't even want to listen to anything. I want to have that, that nothingness, that stillness to be able to find that clarity. And um, 
And I think, I think what you, something that you said, Nova, about when, when you were with him and you get that clarity and that peace, because I mean, we're often, I mean, I've been stressed this whole month fighting anxiety, but it's like, how, how would I even be able to go into any situation like that if I don't have peace myself? So that point of connection of like silencing the noise, turning off my notifications, I've been making real good use of the do not disturb button on my phone where you can, you can like even uh, not even get text or any notification at all. Like it doesn't even show up. And like, that has been so helpful because that constant noise, I don't think we realize like, like we, our family did like, like a three week, like media fast, like no social media, no, whatever. And it was amazing because I found myself, even if I wasn't scrolling, I was like calming down, but I'd be sleeping and I'd wake up and I'd have like a, like a video or an image pop in my head that I had seen weeks ago. Like, I don't think I even realized how much I've been imprinted upon and influenced upon just through daily life. And so that yeah. quietness, that stillness where like we make space and room for like, for one, for our own emotions to even actually come up, but two, to actually have that space to hear from the Lord is so important. And one other thing about, about just what's going on in the world today, I think it's so easy to get up in arms and like angry at people and at agendas. And I think that's good. There's, there's a place for like righteous anger and being like, that's not Okay. But there's something about going back to that quiet place with the Lord where you realize where the battle really is. And it, like you said, Nova, if you will take time and like speak to people, you'll realize they're just broken and hurt and they're longing for God. And, and I read actually an article, article, I don't know if you guys in, in the rest of the world have heard, but in America, there's this big uh, commercial uh, um, store called Target. It has like everything, home goods and clothing and shoes and everything. And and for Pride Month, they had an actual Satanist, an, a trans or whatever Satanist, um, design their children's line and design their just the layout and everything. And, and people got really up in arms about it and actually boycotted. And Target lost a lot of money which is amazing yeah. to me, but I actually went and Googled a little bit and like, I wanted to read what he was about. Like, what, what is he really saying? And his whole thing was like, Satan is love. But do you know why he says that is because he actually said in his interview, it was because he goes, he goes, everyone keeps telling us that we're, that we, that we're just children of Satan. We're children of the devil. That's what they've been told by Christians. So he's going, yeah. well, then if that's who we belong to, then, then he, he, do you see the twist there? He's going, well, well yeah. Satan accepts me. Yeah. Satan loves me. Satan is good. You don't wow. accept me. And this is my truth. And so in a, in, in a sense, I'm not saying this is across the board, but in a sense, I feel like our, as Christians, maybe as a whole in our maybe immaturity of like trying to fight like immorality, it has maybe caused even more, um, even more people to run to Satan than to God because they already feel like they belong to him because we've been telling them that over and over yeah. again. So that even yeah. struck me because instead of being angry, I was like, I felt, I felt like my heart broke. Like you were just so lost and you've been told one thing by one, by one group of people for so long that you went and ran with it. You actually went and ran with what was told to you. So right. like all who's who, who, I mean, like there's a lot of factors that play into that. So I saw that photo and I was like, Oh, that like breaks my heart because yeah. I think there's more than just, well, I love Satan. Well, how did you even think like come to that conclusion? 
you know. Right, right, because it's so crazy out there because we know that Satan doesn't love them. Satan doesn't love any of us. And, but you're right, you know, we're supposed to be the light of the world, right? And if we're not the light of the world and the light of Christ isn't shining brightly in us to draw people, you know, to, if I, you know, if my name be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Well, okay, so we've done, I mean, we've, we've, we, we, I think we think that lifting his name up means just talking about him a lot. It doesn't. And this mm. is a news blast for Christians. Just because you lift his name, if my name be lifted up, Jesus is real. Jesus is king. You're going to hell because Jesus is what? No. I think that the actual lifting up of Jesus's name in my life and in my household is when I live my life in quiet, when no one's watching and the mic is off, I live my life treating people the way Christ would treat them. I, I, I don't compromise who I am and back down. If you say to me, but do you believe that, that, that the Bible says that this is a sin or that's a sin? Or Yes, I do. If God says it's a sin, whatever it is, and trust me, this isn't just their sin of whatever way they choose to have sex or whatever lifestyle they, whoever they is for you, is choosing to live. No, it's all of us, all of our sin. And so it's like if I lift his name up, his name is best lifted up if my life is a reflection of the life of Christ. Of that's the exactly of Christ. Right. That's 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 it. Yeah. And, and it's, no, no, I'm just it, exclamation. I'm pretending I'm throwing stars at you right now because <laughs> 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 that's exactly it. It's <laughs> thank you, Anna. I love you. <laughs> throwing stars at you. Uh, yeah, wow. it, you're you're so spot on, Cynthia. If 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 we don't if we don't like walk in the way of love and we walk in, I don't know, rudeness, we'll just say rudeness and I don't know, just hate. being cruel to people. Hate, hate like, well, it, hate it doesn't, it, it doesn't murder. help people go, Hey, this is the way of love. You want to walk yeah. in it with me? Like right. that doesn't, no one wants to come along on that ride. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? No one wants to, that's not inviting. So mm. The invitation is a life that is filled with all the fruit of the spirit. Right. You know, and love, joy, that, that kindness. Comes through, yeah, that patience. comes through an aligned life. Like a, a life yeah. that really is like, I I want to run after the Lord. And how do we get there? We gotta I think it does come back to that. Yeah. That quietness yeah. and going, yeah. not my thoughts, not my way, not my voice yours lord and and then when you get the yours lord you you do have to be willing to to live in that and walk in that that's why i'm saying the world needs truth and love <laughs> scripture yeah. it's time for those who worship me to worship me in spirit and in truth right so we've got to love people in spirit and in truth you know in 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 and that's for the lord i'm not confused about that but i'm saying We've got to speak the truth in love because the reality is if I am, you know, look, it's very, very easy. Um, I, I do a lot in political spaces and speak a lot in political spaces. And one of the reasons why it's so difficult to 
for me is because there's the left and there's the right and they're invested financially in being left and right. They're not invested in we the people actually figuring out that we're being manipulated, you know? Now I do think that the reason why I have voted more right in recent years of my life is because I've got to vote Bible. You know, I've got to vote Bible. And it's not right when the left says, or it, it blows me away, you know, when trans movements or LGBTQ movements say, oh, the Christians hate us and the Republicans are racist, you know, horrible humans. And it's, it's like, they're demonizing, you know, Christians and evangelicals and the right in the same way that we on our side, side, I'm not even in a side, but you know, the right side demonizes the left side and they're placing, it's like, listen, you guys read Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Okay. So we're demonizing each other instead of actually putting the blame on Satan who is the main one who is making a fool out of all of us because none of us has the power to actually be God. You know, that's really ultimately what this is about. It's, it's good versus evil from the beginning of time. It's God versus Satan. You know, I, I often see it like rock'em, sock'em robots and there's the red robot, and the blue robot, and they're in their little boxing ring. Boy, am I dating myself because this was huge when I was young. And it's like, it's like, ooh, I knocked your block off. It's horrible, like what we do to each other rather mm. than see the bigger agenda that is at work controlling all of us. And I think, man, you know, I, 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 I looked at that picture and I've seen a, a lot of stuff, like what went on on the steps of the White House, you know, with the trans activists, you know, I mean, they all, they, I mean, here, first of all, I'm, I, you know, my thought was, hold on a second. You call yourself a trans activist. You finally get a moment to be at the White House to advance your cause. Now, an intelligent human being, if it's me, I say, show up, dressed up, class up, put all your professionalism on and represent the right way. I represent, I want to represent women the right way. I want to represent African-Americans the right way. I want to represent Jesus the right way. Okay, but this guy shows up, dressed up, has a three-second soundbite in which he says something like trans rights are human rights. I don't know for all the people that have been murdered all around the world in the name of you know human rights violations. I am so sorry that that statement was made because it was fairly ignorant because the reality is that Human rights are a big deal. Your right to sexuality is a whole other conversation and they're being confused. Sexuality is not identity. Your sex has nothing to do with identity. Who you choose to have sex with, who I choose to have sex with has nothing to do with my identity. My creator didn't create me and go, ooh, that's this sex and that's that sex. No, he created us both male and female with roles that does have something to do with gender, but that's not our identity. You know, that's not the nutshell or, or the whole thing of it. But anyway, this person took their moment to basically join together with other people, take their tops off and, you know, 
bounce breast implants or scars and display them at the White House. And all I could think, and, and you know, he's, he, she has since been banned. He has since been banned. And there have been lots of videos going around. And I don't know, maybe I'll address them at some point because Lord knows I'm sometimes, you know, like, ah, uh, what would Jesus do here? And what would he say? And that's my only goal is to find that opinion because my first instinct could be complete. I'm telling you. I'll be honest, in my in the flesh, it's total revulsion. It's like, really? Like, first of all, dude, you look ridiculous. Those are fake. You have scars. You're wearing your scar. This is what you're doing with your moment. Like, my flesh would take me to places of hatred. Like, just utter disgust. Like, I don't want my kids seeing that. I don't want anybody's kids being taught that. You're so confused. You're so lost. You're, you know, you're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. My flesh would take me with them or anybody, any of you, to that place first. If I let my flesh control my life, and I don't, I daily live for crucifying my flesh and letting the God of love and, and, and wisdom and provision lead my life. And when I'm in that space, which I think I'm in 99% of the time, I check that initial reaction of, ah, uh, I mean, like, dude, if you're going to be a girl, get a good hairstylist and a makeup artist and at least look up like a pretty one. Like, you're a mess. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, really, like, listen, a lot of the people that commented on my post today were gay friends of mine. They get it, too. Like, girl, mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Really? Do women stand on the steps of the White House and shake their fake boobies? No, not women with weight and gravitas, not women with class and dignity. So there's all the... This is Satan making a mockery of this poor person. Because yeah. now they're on the outs with everybody. Banned, you know, banned by the White House, blah, blah, blah. And that takes a lot because our White House today doesn't ban much. I mean, they stand for everything horrendous. And, and the lies that just get you know, spewed to all of us from the White House, and that is a nonpartisan comment, are just insane. So it's like, I have to go to Jesus. I have to go. I have to be still. I have to be still. I have to remember my first love to let him be Lord of my life and Lord of my heart. And then I can overflow my heart full of his love for his children who are being so deceived and mocked by Satan, who is the enemy of their life and their soul. And that gives me compassion and wisdom and from from and from that place i'm then okay to open my mouth and i'm a talker y'all know i've opened my mouth at sometimes way before i should have opened my mouth but <laughs> uh cynthia you know i i when i think about this conversation you i mean just looking at our world and even just seeing that video it's like we live in a world where Love means I can do whatever I want, and that's loving. And we know as believers, you know, it's scripture says, you know, for I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. So we are called yes. to dying to, excuse me, to self. And the world says, no, no, love means I can do whatever I want. And so the, the truth is, we just, it's, it is in opposition. There is opposition. And 
the gospel is offensive. It does cause a rub. It does cause friction. And, but love, true love saves. True love saves a life. That is fact. Yes, yes, yes. And I, and I think when you really get it down to that place of, of wisdom, Nov, it's like, you know, you look at that picture and you look at these lost, broken souls with a sign that says Satan loves and it, it, it should make you feel a lot of things. It should make you feel a lot of empathy and pity and compassion. And, and it should let your righteous anger rise up to hate the sin, you know, hate the God of the sin, you know, but love the sinner because, because we're all sinners. I want God to love me and be merciful with me every day because I have prayers that I don't deserve answered every day, like Mm -hmm. every day. I'm aware I'm asking him for stuff and for provision and for things that I don't deserve, except that he's my father and I'm his daughter and he loves me. And why would we want to take that from other people, you know, and, and, and I, and, and no lie, because I think Christina, you were, you, you were saying it like there's a great chasm that we as Christians and all those movements, the wise people in both of our, you know, spheres need to figure out how to make a bridge across that chasm because the only people and persons getting lost in that chasm are the ones who can't find this bridge to get across from one, from, from this side to the, the kingdom side. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be leading people out of Satan's darkness and deception and confusion into the kingdom. Now, a lot of those people I know would say, you know, you might be listening. I don't want your kingdom. I don't want your God. I don't want you. But you know what? You can say that, but I still love you. And I'm still praying for you. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, I still want you to meet your father. Because we have a good father, a heavenly father. And he created all of us. And you've got to fall in love with him to fall out of love with yourself and your flesh and what you think your thing is, you know? You can't even begin to know what your thing is or your choice is or your desire is until you know what the choice, the thing, and the God who created you desires for you. You just can't know, you know, until you know him. I think, Cynthia, you know, I, when I think about, you know, when we, as as humans, we really want to be loved and we, I think all, all of those people just like, okay, yeah, like Satan loves me. We all want to be loved, but here is for me, this is like the true kicker of that is that love. If it is true love, it will bring peace into your life and into your home and into your sphere. And if it is a false love, you will not have peace. And you know what? Those people that I saw on that screen, it crushed me because I'm like, there's no peace there. There was Mm -hmm. no peace. I did not see any peace. And um, I, I think that's also what the love of Jesus 
when he transforms us, he brings us into a place of peace, not just, you know, out, out there, like when we're talking to people, I have peace, but really just in the, in the inward spaces of mm-hmm. our life and in our homes. And, yeah. and you cannot buy that and you can't falsify those documents. Mm-hmm. Ooh, girl. So yeah. You cannot falsify it's those so documents. True. It is so true. And I think I, that like, Oh, go ahead. Go baby. Oh, just jumping off of that though. Like, I think we would all be surprised if we actually got to hear how people feel around us. Cause there's something that I've, that has been astonishing to me is that even on my worst day where I feel like I'm a wreck, where I'm like, I'm worried about the future. I'm this, I'm that. There's just something still that we as believers who have relationship to Christ, there is a, there is a peace that we may not be experiencing in that moment, but there is his spirit that rests upon us. And I will never forget when me and my husband, we, we were, we were pitching uh, some business proposal to somebody, a potential investor or whatever. And we were, we were fighting on the way there, you know, tired kids were in the backseat. We just didn't feel at our best. And we're like, okay, we've got to get it together. We got to like explain this whole like mission thing. That's like about kids and blah. We get there and thinking like, man, we don't feel any life on this. But afterwards, the guy we were talking to was just like, you know what? I just feel like, because, because we, at the time we were really involved with the house of prayer and he was just like, I feel like everyone I talked to from the house of prayer just emanate joy and peace. And you guys have that. Like he was like, and we're sitting there like, what? (laughs) I don't even know. Like, I don't even know if I'm even smiling. I'm trying so hard to like get through this, but it was kind of like an eye opener that like, even on like our worst days, it doesn't matter. Cause even at, and at the end of the day, it's not because of our own strength or whatever, but there is like God's spirit in us that, that working out of our fears and our mm-hmm. sin with him in real time, that, that what that produces in us is so completely different than what the world has. Cause the world can't do that. Even the self-help world in the spiritual world of meditation, like it is not true peace. And just like you said, um, Nova, you can't falsify that. You can't pretend you, like, I'm even thinking of like when Tom Hanks played uh, Mr. Rogers and I was like, you know, he's a good actor, but like, this is not cutting it because you can't, you can't act out Jesus. You can't right. replicate, you can't pretend to have the Holy Spirit. Like that, that is yeah. like, I feel like that's like God's stamp of like, that's what makes us ambassadors. That's what makes us light in the world is his spirit in us. And I want to re like, em- like reiterate in the working out in when you feel like you're in the depths of despair, like when you're going through it, like he shines through all of that. So, I mean, I just want to encourage everyone, even if anything, it's not about, okay, did I, did I, did I make it at 6am to my prayer meeting or not? Did I, did I end up reading two chapters when I said I was going to read, you know, or I only read one, like, it's not that it is just that inviting in that inviting in through everything that's going to shine forth. And honestly, maybe it's not going to hit a parade. Maybe your light isn't going to shine to that parade. But if you go to the coffee shop and you talk to your barista and she's struggling, I mean, you don't know what those day-to-day encounters are going to do for a person by you just saying hello or just smiling or just being, you know, it's so true. And, you know, you guys just, it's such a perfect exclamation point to what you're both saying to recognize that 
I don't know if you've noticed, but movements today, movements, Black Lives Matter movement, the LGBTQ movement, the trans movement, right? These movements, they're, they're steeped in noise and chaos, not peace. And it's almost like in order to walk in peace, you have to walk not in a movement, but you have to walk alone first in stillness, which is kind of circles it back to where we are. You got to get still to know that he is God. And then once you know him who is God, you're able to address the noise and the chaos. But what happens when you don't know God and you think Satan loves you for Pete's sake, you join the noise and the chaos and nothing is getting accomplished in the noise and the chaos, except for needing more and more space from each other because you got to get away from each other because as your voice gets louder, it, it, you know, you got to, it's going to, you're like, you're, you're bumping up into each other on each side on every movement, bumping into the other movement, bumping into the other group and the other group and they start to repel each other. And then there's just this big hole or this chasm in the middle. And it's like, it really requires the stillness because movements require chaos. That's what they're about. They're about more noise, get louder, get bigger, get bolder. So anyway, you know, I um, I take a comment here um, from J Jahara, who is a, a, a lovely young woman of God. And uh, she calls in, writes in, I started going to church and I feel safe. And I also started my journey in healing and sanctification with God. See that word safety that is such a big word because that's what you feel when you are still with him. That's what you feel when you're looking to walk with him and journey with him. And that's that, that the openness that we provide to other believers is an openness that we have to provide to those outside of the church who are walking around with banners dressed like, you know, all what we would think is all kinds of cuckoo, right? But we've got to make them feel that they can come into the safety, you know, of the church. And just like I think a lot of people that look at that and get terrified of all of that don't feel safe, they clearly don't feel safe with Jesus who loves them, which is why, I guess, to what Christina said earlier, no, which is why, you know, they are saying, or this Satanist guy who designed the line of clothing for Target, because I was repulsed at that you know, um, with onesies for an infant to tuck. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's just so, it's so unwise and so not creative and not smart and tone deaf that how could you not feel sorry for someone like this? The world lifted him up to get completely knocked back down because everybody went crazy. So like, I don't know, do you really want to be him now? No, but I do hope that there's someone around that guy to let him know that he can come to church, that he can come to Jesus, that that's a safe space to come and worship. And I don't back down. You know, I often have a, 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 I often have a hard time having these conversations because I am not a grace doctrine. It's all about love, girl. It's all about love, but love is the word of God. Love came into the world and the world did not recognize it. 
Love is the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Come on, you guys, read, read the gospel of John. Start right there. Love is the word. And sadly, no, I think we've turned love into this sappy thing that also has no truth. But speaking words of truth means to speak words of life to people. And where do our words of life come from? They come from the Bible. They come from the word of God. You know, so I know you've, I know you've got to go. I know we've got to wrap up for this session, but I just want to give you the last word. No, if you have anything you want to close us out on. You know, I, I think I, I've seen a couple comments just from, from some of the ladies. And I think, I think what we can walk away with today is that um, he is our peace and um, he is our rest. And if, if we truly want Jesus, we will have to go after that stillness, after that quiet, because that's where we can intimately hear his voice. And so yeah. with that, you know, I just say shalom to, to each one of our viewers and say, go after the peace of God and he will give you the wisdom that you need to carry on and move forward in that love um, that is um, that changes environments and changes mm. situations and changes families. So amen. 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 Thanks, Nov. Yeah, I love that. We're supposed to be atmosphere changers, guys. You know, if we're joining the atmosphere around us and chiming in with all of the voices and the noise around us, we got to ask ourselves, are we really changing the atmosphere? And, and I pulled back a lot to be still about my voice in a political space because I know that I'm called to change the atmosphere around me. I'm not, I'm not called to join a movement. That's not me. I've been a solo, you know, uh, gosh darned individual from uh, the day I was born. And um, that's what God's kids really are. We're powerful warriors when we choose to put on the armor of God. And I chose long ago to put on that armor to fight the battles that Satan wages against us. Not the battles that humans wage against us or against each other. Humans have no power. You know, they really don't. Not when you really know that these battles are, are spiritual, you know, that, that they're supernatural. It takes supernatural awareness to actually fight supernaturally. And um, man, if you think these battles are about flesh and blood, you're missing it completely because I'm looking at people who are flesh and blood. And if they could look at themselves objectively through eyes of wisdom, they would be embarrassed by themselves, you know? But how many of us would be embarrassed by ourselves if we stopped and really looked at ourselves and the whole world got to look too? So let's worry about the speck in our eye. Let's not focus on the log in our brother's eyes, our brothers and sisters, but let's also be the truth and speak that truth in love. Let's be bold about that truth in love. That requires walking a tightrope of real wisdom 
And wisdom is only found in the word of God. I have never found my own human wisdom to be adequate to comment on matters that are so huge, like identity and sex and sexuality in the world today. I can only speak from that place when I'm filled up with his knowledge. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Thanks for being a part of Girl Club. One of the many different kinds of shows that we try to bring you here at Cynthia Garrett Ministries. So when you join us in this podcast hour or live streaming right here at Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel, where you can interact live with us while we're recording, wherever you choose to join us, I thank you. I ask you to like us. I ask you to subscribe. Your subscriptions mean a lot. So don't, you know, don't just follow us, but go through the different platforms. Subscribe. If you really want to support us, subscribe and share. Please share these podcasts, share these videos. The more that you help us grow, the more that we can continue to do what we do, because the more we can continue to hopefully one day, you know, have what we need sponsorship wise to make some outreach and some pushes and some uh, things happen like conferences and tours. So your support means the world to us, but you can support in a whole lot of ways and, and sharing us, you know, liking us, subscribing, um, following us on all the social media platforms that we're on. That all helps. It all helps. So um, yes, Psalm 4610, Margaret, is key. Amen. I'm going to leave you all to look that one up. God bless you. I'm Cynthia Garrett. We'll see you next episode on Girl Club. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.